Good morning, church. Turn to your neighbor and greet them. Good morning. Give your neighbor a handshake. Say good morning. Give your other neighbor a handshake. Say good morning. Give the neighbor behind you a handshake. Say good morning. Give the neighbor in front of you a handshake. Say good morning. And greet the viewers all over the world on Emmanuel TV. Good morning. Yes, you're all welcome once again in Jesus' name, and you may have your seats in the presence of God. My name is Chris, and before I begin today's message, I want to first and foremost pay tribute to Prophet T.B. Joshua. He was a man I have the incredible privilege to call a mentor. I came to Nigeria from the UK many, many years ago as a, a young boy seeking for Jesus. And Prophet TB Joshua showed me Jesus. Not the, the Jesus of history, of story, of song, the baby Jesus, no. Prophet TV Joshua showed me Jesus in the power of the Holy Ghost. And he taught that the main requirements in making a difference for Jesus is being in love with Jesus. This is what I see in Prophet TB Joshua, a man who loves Jesus and has sacrificed and surrendered everything for his relationship with Jesus. And that is why we're here today, because of his love. He's a great man, but his greatness lies not in great material achievements or great acquisitions or great wealth. No, his greatness lies in his great love for God. So here I am today, a product of grace. In many ways, still that same little boy who came here to serve a big God under a mighty prophet. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Now, I want to ask you a question as we want to go into today's message. Are you happy to be here today? I'm, I'm not so sure. Let me ask again. Are you happy to be here today? If you're happy, I'd just like you to turn to your neighbor and just give them a smile. A very, if I, camera, just move around. Let's pick some very beautiful smiles. <laughs> just smile at your neighbor. Give them a smile. You, you can give them a handshake as well. Just smile at your neighbor. <laughs> because it's a thing of joy to be here in the presence of God. And I pray that your joy will remain in Jesus' name. Now, 
I want to tell you a very short story in relation to the message uh, God has given me to deliver you today. I'm sure people of this generation, uh, www.com generation may relate well with this story, but I'm just gonna tell you what I saw. This was several months ago when I was back in UK. I was sitting on a train and I saw two young ladies. And just by their look, by their complexion, by their appearance, you can see that they were depressed. They were sad. They were moody, just name it. I mean, it was so obvious. Everything about them suggested sadness. And these are two ladies. You can see that they're not materially lacking. They were using the latest phone, the latest gadget. They were looked after, but they were sad. They were depressed. I, I was just overhearing their conversation, and I was feeling in my heart, God, look at these two young, maybe in their early 20s, late teenage years, and they, they had the whole life before them, but they were so depressed. And you, you look at our generation today, you see sadness, depression has spread like wildfire, especially among the young people. You hear the, the way in which suicide rates are increasing. It's alarming. Tell your neighbor it's alarming. So as I was watching these two young ladies, I mean, I was obviously there going on a journey, and I, I was overlooking these two young ladies, and I saw something that shocked me. That was very surprising. These are two people that look extremely sad. Extre I, I can't be able to show that expression because it's, can anyone here just give me a sad face? Just, I'm sorry, I know we've just been happy. Can someone give me a sad face? I want to see a sad face. Camera, let's just move around. Let's pick someone who's very sad. <laughs> Just for a moment, because I want to show you what I was seeing. A sad, so you're smiling, that's not sadness. A sad face. All right, our gentleman here looks, looks a little bit sad, fine. Now just imagine, <laughs> don't smile sir, don't smile. Just imagine, you see someone looking sad. Then, let, let, me, let me explain to you what happened. They were, they were busy talking, suddenly one of them got out their phone I wanted to take a photo, like a selfie. You guys know what a selfie is, right? Take a picture of yourself. So these are the people that are depressed, weighed down, clearly anxious, clearly sad, but suddenly when they want to take the picture, you should see the smile on their face. And then, you know the funny thing, immediately after, they were sad again. I was mind boggled what's going on and do you know the painful parts of this they'll put that picture on their instagram facebook send it to their boyfriend send it here people will think that they're happy people will think that they're okay people will think that they're joyful whereas in reality they are depressed <laughs> please keep praying for this generation because we are living a fake life our joy is for a moment our happiness is for a, a second we so often seem to have happiness or joy dependent on our circumstance dependent on our situation that is where we see that happiness 
But I want to ask you a question. And please, I'm not here to make judgment on those two young ladies. I pray that God would touch their hearts. I just want to ask everyone here a question. When you finish your day's work, you go home, and it's time for you to rest, to sleep. And you've, you've had a long day, you're tired, and you, you lay back down on your bed, and it's just you and God. The lights are off, the doors are closed, the activities of the day have come to a halt, and you're there lying on your bed. Reflecting, thinking. At that moment, do you have joy? When you're looking up at the ceiling, there's no one there, just you. At that moment, do, do you have joy? Can you laugh without anyone cracking a joke? dance without anyone beating a drum? Or at that moment, do you feel empty? The reason I'm asking this question today, brethren, is I'm here to warn you about the dangers of sadness. I repeat again, I'm here to warn you about the dangers of sadness. Whenever you are sad, the devil is at work. I repeat, whenever you are sad, the devil is at work. A sad heart is the devil's workshop. He can maneuver, he can manipulate, he can sow his seeds of chaos, destruction, division, discord. He has free reign and rule in your heart as far as you are sad. When, when you harbor sadness in your heart, you filter everything through it. When you're sad, you can abandon jobs, quit relationships, you don't give your best, you live below your potential, you begin to nurse suspicions, you read meaning into people's actions and inactions. If someone greets you today, you say, why are they greeting me? If someone doesn't greet you, say, why did they not greet me? Whether greeting or not greeting, you read meaning to it. You're suspicious. Everyone becomes a suspect because your heart is sad. You can't pray. A sad heart can't pray. You may say words, but you're not praying prayer. People around you may hear you, but you're talking to the air. God doesn't hear you. Your heart is sad. <gasps> Whenever you are sad, the devil is at work. When you are sad, you begin to view yourself as a victim. Why, why is this happening to me? Why, why, why am I the one facing this? Why me? Why, why, why is God, look at this person. God has blessed, why not me? Me, 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 I, 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 I. Why, 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 why? Because focusing on ourselves 
is the effective instruments used by the devil to blind us from reality. Do you know what the reality is, children of God? The reality is Jesus is the anchor of our souls. And when you remain anchored on him, attached to him, connected to him, no matter how unsteady your life appears to be, appears to be, you will remain steady. Satan knows this. So what's going to happen? Satan will fight you tooth and nail. He will use every weapon at his disposal to try and detach you from Jesus, to try and disconnect you from Jesus. Because remaining attached to Jesus, that is where our safety lies. That is where our security lies. That is where our protection lies. And unhappiness is the weapon Satan is using to detach us from Jesus. This brings us to the title of today's message. Today's message, cheer up and choose joy. Tell your neighbor, cheer up and choose joy. Tell your other neighbor, cheer up and choose joy. Now, let's turn in our Bibles to the book of John, chapter 15, verse 11. John 15, verse 11. This is our Lord Jesus Christ speaking to his disciples. He said, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. For our joy to be complete, it must be God's joy. Joy is something only believers have. The world may have happiness they find in their environments, just like those two young ladies. They were happy for a moment and back to sadness. Joyful for a moment, back to depression. That's the world. If your happiness is created by the flesh, it will be interrupted by the flesh. If you, you say, oh, let me create happiness for myself, Okay, I'm going to do this. Let, let, me, let, me, let me drink alcohol. Fine. The effects of alcohol will soon wear off. Back again. You say to yourself, okay, let me, let me read this book, this novel, this fantasy. You get lost in another world, forgetting about your troubles. The book will soon end. You watch a film, a soap opera. You get enveloped with the characters. You watch, watch. You're, you're happy at that moment. The film will come to an end. Back to reality. Happiness you create for yourself cannot last. It can't stand the test of time. Joy is something only believers have because joy is a fruit of faith. Let's let's turn in again to another scripture. This time to the book of Philippians, chapter 4. Philippians, chapter 4, verse 4, Apostle Paul. And he said, I love this word. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. Tell your neighbor always. Tell your other neighbor always. It says rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Does it say you should rejoice sometimes? I can't hear you. Does it say you should rejoice sometimes? 
It says you should rejoice at your convenience. It says you should rejoice when there's money in the pockets. It says you should rejoice when there's food on the table. It said you should rejoice when you take picture. No! Rejoice in the Lord always. Check yourself. Whenever our joy seeps out and leaves us barren and empty, it proves we are out of contact with God. Out of fellowship with God. You begin to see your joy gradually leaving, disappearing, seeping away. Shows something has happened that has detached you from Jesus. Sadness, unhappiness. This is exactly what Satan wants. Satan's main aim in tempting people of God is to overthrow their position as children of God. To cut off their dependence on him, their their duty to him, their communion with him. Satan delights in inflicting pain on people. Because he knows that pain may likely separate you from God. Rob you of your joy. Rob you of your happiness. That's the devil's tactic. Just just take take your time to think about your life. Anytime good news has come. Satan will send you some bad news. Am I talking to someone here? You can do, you can check yourself. Anytime there's joy, something wonderful has happened, Satan will quickly send someone to give you some bad news. He'll send you a text message, give you a phone call that will try and scatter your joy. For many of us that happened coming to church this morning, we're on the way to church, happy, joyful, it's going to be a wonderful service. Suddenly the phone just rings. What? What what happens? Our guy, one of your vehicles is spoiled on the road though. The the vehicle is a write-off. You say, oh my God. I'm on my way to church. The vehicle is spoiled. What's going on? God, don't you know that I'm coming to worship you? I'm coming to TB Joshua. You go and spoil, spoil my vehicle? Which kind of nonsense is this? Many of you will turn back and not even come to church. Some of you will come to church and as you're sitting down, you're busy plotting revenge. (laughs) The sermon is going on, but you're not listening. You're thinking, how am I going to pay for this? How am I going to take care of this? That driver who was in that vehicle, I'm going to deal with him. Just let church service come to an end so I can go and finish it. And you're in the church. Sadness has taken over. Anytime there's happiness, there's joy, there's peace, Satan will try and send some bad news. Just imagine, you, you've heard prophecies here, husband and wife looking for a child for so many years, suddenly the pregnancy comes, there's rejoicing in the home, there's happiness, there's joy, and suddenly a text message comes in from an anonymous person. I saw your wife at the club last month with a man. Are you sure that baby is yours? They never send a text message when your wife was not pregnant. Why now when there's joy? There's peace, there's rejoicing. Suddenly, someone will try to inflict pain. Someone will try to bring bad news. And the problem is, so often we make it easy for the devil. We just take what we hear without questioning. You take that text message, you say, yes, this is my wife. She's she's committed adultery. She's this. You don't even examine to know whether it's true. You just believe. 
many divine marriages have been scattered because of sadness. Many divine appointments. You're on your way to meet an appointment that is going to change your life, rewrite your history. Satan knows he will send you bad news. He will send you bad information to try and discourage you, try and dishearten you. And many of us give up at the peak of breakthrough. Tell your neighbor, cheer up and choose joy. Tell your neighbor, cheer up and choose joy. Now, I want to try and practically demonstrate to you the dangers of sadness. Can I have one volunteer? Just, just be free to come out, a volunteer. Don't worry, it's not going to be a difficult task. Just one volunteer. Okay, thank you, sir. Now, sir, I'm, I'm very sorry. <laughs> you are Mr. Sadness. Yes. Uh, okay, now, to behave like Mr. Sadness, you need to... I think he's getting it. A little bit more sad, sir. A little bit more sad. Thank you. Let's clap for Mr. Sadness. Just for a moment. Now, Mr. Sadness, can you just quickly help me go to the back? There is an item there that you are going to make use of for this demonstration. Now, I just need a couple of chairs and a table. Yes, thank you very much. Mr. Sadness, you can just go and wait there. So... I'm just gonna, I just want to try and practicalize this so that people can understand, thank you, my brother, the dangers of sadness. We don't know when we are allowing sadness into our hearts, we are allowing destruction. Now, this is my house. <laughs> All right, just for this example. When I say my house, I mean my hearts. Tell your neighbor your hearts. Tell your neighbor your hearts. Remember, the real parts about you is your hearts. Take care of your hearts. This, this is the most important parts of us, our hearts. So, God never promised that situations would not come. He, where, where did you read in the Bible? This, this doctrine of no suffering, no health challenges, no hardship is not in line with the Bible, it's not scriptural. Where did you read that as a Christian, you can't face challenges, you can't face difficulty, you can't have bad news? No, they come, but we overcome. Who told you that you will not have trouble? That's not scriptural. So here I am, I'm busy, I'm sitting in my house, <laughs> having a great day, there's joy, there's peace, there's happiness. Suddenly, the phone rings. There's some bad news. Um, dad, dad, you've, you've got to come quickly, please. Mom is so sick. What? I, I just left her now. She's fine. What happened? She's really, really sick. Please make sure you come as soon as possible. Someone you just left just yesterday, gone on a business trip, and then you say they're sick. Someone's crying. Your heart is troubled. At that moment, Mr. Sadness comes in. Here is Mr. Sadness. <laughs> this is when he comes in. Mr. Sadness comes in. Come, come. Look, I just had some bad news. What does sadness do? It knocks on the door of your hearts. 
The question is, will you open? You've had a trouble? It knocks on the door. What will you do? Will you let him in? Okay, now in this example, I'm troubled, I'm worried. So Mr. Sadness knocks. Oh, come in, Mr. Sadness. Have a seat. Make yourself at home. <laughs> Listen, look, Mr. Sadness did not come alone. He brought some items. He brought some luggage. And so far as you make Mr. Sadness feel welcome, he'll begin to relax in your hearts. He'll begin to... He'll begin to be, be, be relaxed and begin to feel as if it's his own home. And when he does that, the items in his suitcase, he'll begin to bring them out. You can bring them out, Mr. Sadness, for this example. Let, 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 let's, let's knock this down. All right, just bring out some of these items, Mr. Sadness. All right. Look, there's still some more items there. Now, I, I want you to take a lesson from this. The moment you allow sadness into your heart, he will begin the work of destruction. Let me also be clear with you. When sadness checks in, joy checks out. The two cannot be in the same house. They are, they're opposites. So there I am, busy worrying about my, <laughs> my wife that's sick, in trouble. And before you know it, Mr. Sadness starts dropping some, some soap of strife. He begins to drop his toothpaste of past pain. He begins to drop his his shampoo of shame, because I'm, I'm not thinking about this. I'm busy worrying about my problem, and Mr. Sadness has started to infiltrate. He's started to deposit his, his, his evil companions, and I don't even know. I'm busy, sad, worrying, depressed, and before you know it, shame. Before you know it, malice. Before you know it, greed. Before you know it, bitterness. Before you know it, cruelty. Because you allowed sadness into your heart. Now, this is the painful part. Most of us Christians, we, we come to our senses eventually. Perhaps you're there, you suddenly remember a message from Prophet T.B. Joshua talking to you about the need for you to not focus on your situation, to focus on Jesus. You suddenly, it's like your eyes open, you look and say, what is this guy doing here? Who lets you into this house? Get out, get out, this sadness. No, leave your thing, get out, get out, go. Now, Mr. Sadness has left but he's dropped his toothpaste. <laughs> and you, you, know, you know what happens? The next day, maybe it's your time to, to brush your teeth. It's time to brush your teeth. You've had a long day, you start brushing your teeth. Oh my God, I'm using the toothpaste to pass pain. 
Jesus is gone, but you're still using his products. There's the, the journal of jealousy. The journal of jealousy. Look at this, the deodorant of discord. You're busy using it. Put it on the deodorant. You don't know that you use something that contaminates your spirits. Let, let, me, let me take a bit of water to, to flush it down. I take a bit of water. Bitterness! I've taken the water of bitterness because I've kicked sadness out, but he's left his products. <laughs> now, at this point, sadness has been in your hearts and he's wreaked his destruction. He's caused this mess. You now need to start cleaning up. You start cleaning up. Stop, stop, Jesus, have mercy on me. You start repairing what has been damaged, all of this trouble. No, this is not part of me. Jealousy, I'm a child of God. What's jealousy got to do with me? What is, what is this discord? This has nothing to do with me. You, you, you throw everything away, start afresh. Oh. This bag is no longer part of me. Throw it away, and your house is clean. Your heart is clean. Your, your, your heart is free again. And do you know what happens next? <laughs> Bros, this thing is serious, so. The, the company has gone bankrupt. Your shares have all been lost. Hey, oh. Not again, God, why? Do you know what happens at that moment? There's a visitor that will approach. A visitor will come. A visitor will come and want to start knocking once again. Oh, God. Oh, I invested so much in that company. What's going on? Who is that? Sadness. Wait a minute. Isn't this the guy I just kicked out? Isn't this the guy that polluted my, my, my house and, and caused such a mess and chaos and destruction. Isn't this the same guy? But do you know what many of us do? Oh, come on in, sadness. Have a seat. Oh, come on in, sadness. And now he has brought another bag. Let us put our hands together for Mr. Sadness. <laughs> You know, you're Mr. Sadness, please come with me. I think we need to make you happy. I think it's time to, uh, to give you a new name. Let's replace sadness with joy. Come and take one of the altar fruits. Yes, the sadness has gone now. <laughs> Thank you very much, my brother. You may have your seat. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. <laughs> now, I want to... I want you to reflect on this example. The cycle of life seems to go on. Because anytime trouble comes and sadness comes back in, he starts doing his damage, causing his destruction, wreaking his havoc. And when we allow him straight back in, 
anything that we have done to repair the damage. We ask Jesus, come and remove this. We've repaired, removed all of that bitterness, removed the strife, removed the, the, the past pain, and then you invite him back in. Does it, does it not call for concern that we are so welcoming to something so destructive? I repeat, does it not call for concern that we are so open to something so destructive? Something that we, look, you know the damage that's been done. Yet you allow him straight back in. Those items Mr. Sadness brought, I'm not referring to physical items. I'm referring to, to thoughts, suggestions. By the time sadness is in your heart, you will see it will come with bitterness. Sadness is in your heart, anger. Sadness is in your heart, suggestion of pride. Sadness is in your heart, suggestion of, of envy, malice, jealousy, things that are contrary to Jesus. So I want to give you a secret today. Anytime Satan wants you to cry, begin to laugh. This is the greatest embarrassment you can give to Satan to ignore his existence. He comes with his bad news. You don't even pay attention. Nothing interrupts your joy. Nothing disturbs your peace because you know that when Satan comes with bad news, he's simply informing you of the promotion that is coming. In the face of promotion, why is there need for sadness? Where is sadness in promotion? Where is joy in, where, where, where is sadness, sorry, in overcoming and triumph? You know that what you're passing through will lead to your promotion. Why are you sad? Tell your neighbor, cheer up and choose joy. You know, there's a story, there's a story in the Bible we know so well. I want to remind you of it. The story of Paul and Silas. You know that? Acts 16 verse 25, they were beaten, imprisoned unjustly for the cause of Christ. There they are in their prison cell at midnight, and the Bible says they began to sing hymns, pray to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Just consider the circumstances under which Paul and Silas began to sing and praise God. They had been beaten unjustly. They were doing the work of God. Paul had just delivered that slave girl from the spirit disturbing her. They had no, committed no crime, and yet they found themselves in prison in the deepest, darkest, most deadly of dungeons. If, if it was me or you, we would begin to remind God of how long we've been a Christian. <laughs> God, I've been a member of this church for 10 years. Do you know how much tithe I've given? You know how much offering I've given? Do you know how many times I've fasted and prayed? Is this how you repay me? Sadness. But Paul and Silas were in prison physically, but their hearts were free. They praised God. Look, Satan may succeed in inflicting you with pain, but don't let him pain your hearts. He may succeed in tampering with your, your business, causing some financial challenges. Don't let him tamper with your hearts. Satan may succeed in imprisoning you. You can look, 
may, you may end up in prison for something you know nothing about. Don't let him imprison your spirits, your hearts. Take a leap from Paul and Silas, and in the face of life's challenges, life's bad news, life's ups and downs, begin to sing and praise God. Choose the, the bright colors of praise rather than the dark colors of doubt and discouragements and depression. I'm, I'm, I'm going to round up, but I want to share with you a very personal experience that solidified and strengthened my faith to give such a message. It was over 10 years ago. This is an incident that many of us who are new to Emmanuel TV may not be familiar with, but if you have been in this church for many years, you'll be aware of what happens. Many years ago, over 10 years, Emmanuel TV was new, fresh, and changing lives, nations, the world. One day after the service on Sunday, this was in the early hours of Monday morning, around 2, 3 a.m., we're all here in the church, suddenly, there came the alarm. Someone, I remember very vividly, someone came to my bed and hit me and said, there's fire, there's fire, there's fire. Everyone was scattered. There was pandemonium. There was, there was worry. There was panic. We rushed down. The church console, the control room, the heart of Emmanuel TV was in flames. Everyone started running up and down, getting water, throwing water, uh, it was an electrical appliances there. They put soap to, 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 to try and reduce and subdue the flames. And I can tell you, I, I was worried. I was, at that moment, sadness had entered my heart. I was distressed. God, this is a, 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 a equipment here worth millions. This is the heart. What's, what's, what's going on? How could this happen? And as I, everyone was busy rushing to do this and that, I remember this so well. I heard someone laughing, and I was provoked. How can you laugh? Wait, this, this situation does not call for laughter. This situation does not call for joy. What's, uh, this, this, this is a serious situation. Some of that same person, I heard a laugh. He was asking people, how are you? Smiling, greeting people. I looked around, and I saw Prophet TB Joshua. He came to me. Gave me a big smile and said, how are you? I didn't say anything. <laughs> I was shocked. The situation on ground did not call for that. He was so relaxed, so joyful. He was even calling people, go and make sure you bring a camera to camera it. What? You've just, you've just lost equipment in the brackets of millions. This is a, oh my God. Joy. And you know, by the grace of God, everything was resolved. The fire did not spread anywhere else. And afterwards, that morning, Prophet T.B. Joshua gathered all the evangelists and the workers who had been there and looked at them and said, God allowed this, and I knew it would happen. And he said that out of these ashes will shine forth beauty. Today, our control room is 10 times better than the one that was lost. 
Why am I saying this, brethren? This personal experience, this personal example in the life of Prophet T.B. Joshua. I do not know what you are passing through right now. Viewers, I don't know what situation you are in. I don't know. Perhaps your marriage is on fire. Perhaps your business is on fire. Perhaps your finances are on fire. One thing I do know, as a Christian, out of those ashes, beauty will come. If you can just glimpse the bigger picture, beyond that trial, there is triumph. Beyond that, that scar, there's a star. Beyond that mess is a message. If we could just catch the bigger picture, beyond that painful story is beautiful glory. As a child of God, where then is sadness? Why do we so easily give our hearts to sadness and depression and unhappiness as Christians? In conclusion, John 16, verse 33, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But cheer up, take heart, choose joy, because you will overcome. Brethren, let me not deceive you. Trouble will come, but you will overcome. Sickness will come, but you will overcome. Hardship will come, but you will overcome. Stop trading your joy for your situation. Don't let anything rob you of joy. Joy is our conquering power. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Nehemiah 8 verse 10. Affliction may test me as a man of faith, but it cannot rob me of my joy. Trouble may test me as a man of faith, but it cannot rob me of my joy. And when I cheer up and choose joy, my test will turn into a testimony. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. Rejoice, because the higher hand that is leading you, is leading you to something higher. May God bless his word in the midst of our hearts, in Jesus' name. You don't have to worry, and don't you be afraid. Joy comes in the morning, troubles they don't last always. Remember there's a friend named Jesus, who will wipe those tears away. And if your heart is broken, come on lift your hands up, just lift your hands and say,